The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Don't think, feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Welcome to another episode of the Liberation Mentor Show. I'm your host, Nick Gregorides. I hope this message finds you guys exceptionally healthy, strong, and focused on your respective missions. In today's episode, I have a chat with someone who has worked with thousands of men from different walks of life and identified common elements that they all struggle with. And we discuss those elements and how to deal with them. Very cool show. As always, it wasn't what I expected, but uh, something great came out of it. Before we get into the discussion, remember you can get a free copy of my book, Aligned, The Modern Man's Guide to Health, Wealth, and Freedom at liberationmentor.com forward slash book. And also, if you want to check out my nootropic formula, BDNF, which stands for the best damn nootropic formula, head on over to 100%.health and you can get a 15% discount when you use the coupon code podcast at checkout. It really is an amazing product. I'm on it today. I've got more done today than I did in the previous three days combined because I wasn't taking it. I was taking a little bit of a break to allow my neurotransmitters to reset. And uh, I took a couple of them today and I've just been flying through everything. This stuff really does work. I would never promote anything that I didn't believe in 100%. And that's why I'm sharing it with you guys. Remember, you can get BDNF over at 100%.health. Well, here's the episode. Let's dive right in. Hey, brothers, welcome back to the Liberation Mentor Show. I'm your host, Nick Ogarides, and I'm here today with Mr. Sean Galler, who runs mensgroup.com. He's a self-development expert and is really all about pushing community amongst men, getting like-minded individuals together so they can grow, learn, and evolve together. Sean, so happy to have you here. Man, I'm really excited to be here. I love what you're doing and, and how you're positioning it and how you're helping all these great guys. Thanks, brother. So um, let's get into your background a little bit before you tell us about um, how you work with men in groups. What's your story? How did you find yourself doing this amazing career? Yeah, I guess similar to you, it's a bit of an obscure story, but uh, I guess uh, background is a father who is really disapproving and shaming uh, and a lot of like emotional abuse in the household. That kind of sets the stage for the rest of my life. I grew up as an athlete playing high level hockey, blew up my knee, so that ended then I became a professional DJ. So I worked my way up into playing the biggest shows with some of the biggest DJs in the world and all over North America and Europe. And was one of the go-to guys here in my hometown. So I got to experience sort of the pinnacle of nightlife. Got into a bunch of different businesses. Uh, at that time, realized nobody was selling music online digitally yet for DJs. So I launched the first online music store for DJs. And then I launched one of the first online music schools for DJs, teaching people how to DJ. And that did pretty well. That allowed me to follow a, a woman down to Mexico that I fell in love with. We lived at the beach there for uh, close to six years where I learned how to surf and learn Spanish. And then uh, was lonely down there, to be honest, man. Didn't have, anybody, didn't have anybody to talk to down there. And even on Facebook, I loved, looked like I was living this fantastic life. Like my internal world was quite chaotic. I was just struggling with a lot of different emotions and self-worth from my upbringing and a bunch of other things and 
eating issues. And, uh, you know, I've had, I had be previous to that I had a couple of partners cheat on me and that kind of thing. So I was just feeling really, uh, uh, I had a bit of a difficult time. And during that time, I decided to throw a bunch of my friends into a Facebook group, a bunch of my entrepreneurial friends, because at that time, Facebook groups were new and it was like a cool new thing. And I was just really lonely down there because even though I had friends down there, they were locals. So we couldn't relate. People that were visiting only stayed for a week at a time. So what looked like a beautiful life on Facebook it turned into a bit of a, I don't know, like a prison sentence felt like at times. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, like I was living on a beach, you know, in this, in the three bedroom sub penthouse and we were traveling the world and hanging out at the four seasons. Cause that's what my girlfriend managed at the time. So we traveled to other ones. We traveled a bunch and, but I was just miserable inside. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I just happened to scratch my own itch and throw, throw some friends into a Facebook group. And then it turned out that the women didn't really engage and, my friends that work jobs and stuff to engage. And it was a bunch of entrepreneurs that were left and they were like, wow, I, I don't get to talk about these business things or personal things either. So that became an, uh, an organization that I just ran for free for like four years called the brotherhood. Um, we started going on adventure trips. So we started going heli skiing and skydiving and surf trips. So I would organize these trips. And what was fascinating is these guys that are like really high powered entrepreneurs. So a lot of them run the, big podcasts and written the books that we listen to and read and, and on the TV shows and pro athletes and all these things. And we, after doing these adventures, we'd sit in a circle and they'd be like, you know, I think they'd want to talk about business stuff, but they actually ended up just wanting to talk about, Hey, my wife just had a miscarriage and I have no idea how to support her. Or, Hey, I have this like alcoholic father and I'm not sure I have a relation, have a relationship with him. Now that I have a kid, I'm not sure I'd want my kid involved with that. Or I have an addiction to porn, which should I, you know, how, how do I handle that? And so we're doing these epic adventures in these, in, in these mastermind circles at the end, these guys kept getting into that stuff. And I was like, huh, there's something here. So then when I sold the brotherhood and to focus on my health, cause I had some health issues and the men's, and the, I was like, I want to do this in a, in a bigger way. So that's when mensgroup.com came available and I jumped at the opportunity. That's cool. Yeah. It's so interesting how, um, a lot of men leave, lead very lonely lives because the current zeitgeist is that you should just bottle up everything and deal with it, right? Yeah, man. And then it kind of shifted to the other way, which is, no, you should just be super vulnerable and share everything with those close to you, including if you're in a relationship, your wife or your girlfriend. And I realized it took me a long time to come to this understanding, and that is that your deepest innermost thoughts, your vulnerabilities and securities and, and your struggles and challenges aren't actually meant to be shared with women. They're meant to be shared with other men. And so I really like this idea. I mean, I do it myself. I, I take several friends. We go on these, these little mini adventures and we just hang out. And we, we talk about the challenges we're facing. And I just feel that that's, that's the more healthy way to, to deal with these things than it is to talk to your wife or your girlfriend or even your therapist to be honest i think it's your peers it's those those people who have experienced uh similar things and who, who love you and care about you and who are also men your brothers are the ones most able to help you through it yeah i think that's great that's really healthy and whether it is a therapist or a coach or a, a group of friends like i find that just sharing that stuff only with your intimate partner which is how most men do it you know the average there's a survey that they did of men in 40 years ago. They just asked men on the street, hey, how many, how many people do you have in your life that you can talk about things with? How many confidence do you have? And the average answer back then was five. Mm. 
Well, I did it a couple of years ago and, and the most common response in North America was zero. Wow. So half the men in North America don't have one single person to talk to wow. about the things that are on their mind or situations they find themselves themselves in. And that that's tragic, right? Because the nature of life is adversity. Like, you know, we have a kid, You're, you've never been a dad before. How are you supposed to know what to do? You got to talk to people about that. But sure. So where, I, where I'm at it with on that topic of like, you know, do you share things with your partner and not is I actually agree with you. And to, to a degree, I, I want to share everything with my partner, but I want to share the composed version with my partner, um, my, my girlfriend. So I will go away to my man's group and I will, or, or my counselor, and I will let out the raw stuff there. Yeah. And then I'll bring the fruits of that back and then let my partner what's going what's know what's going on in a more composed way. Because even though I trust her with that, even though I feel like I can share with my my female partner, you know, my girlfriend, what's going on. I do know there's some like biological factors at play that like if you if you give them all of it, if you really like show them the whole emotional experience, they don't always know what to do with it. And this is what my female friends have told me and some of the females that I've been on podcasts with that they don't, they don't know how to handle a man completely breaking down with them or, and, and they don't know how to support a man through that. And so even though my partner can, I try to like, I have a couple different places I go, you know, counselor, a couple close friends, a men's group that I talk with every two weeks and I, and I go away and I work through things there and I bring the fruits of that back to my relationship. Yeah. It's such a, a complex topic and one that I initially found the truth of to be very sad because, you know, as, as men, we are always, well, a lot of us are always searching for a female that will give us that kind of unconditional love that our mothers gave to us. Right? I mean, yeah. And when you realize, I, I actually wrote about this in my book, mm -hmm. when you realize that that's not a real thing, like that is, that just does not exist. There is no woman out there that will give you unconditional love. It's, very difficult to rewire your brain into realizing like, you know, this person I'm with, she loves me, but she's not going to love all of me. And if some of me is, if I, if I show her weakness, it's not her fault. There's nothing wrong with her. It's just, she's biologically wired as a physically weaker member of the species. Who's like needs protection and, and someone dominant to look after her. If you show weakness in front of her, then that automatically flicks a series of psychological and neurological and physiological switches within her that start to decrease attraction and ultimately cause her to start seeking someone else. And, you know, when I internalized that, when I came to, to realize the truth of that, initially it was really, really painful, but it then becomes quite liberating. You know, when you, when you just realize that the only person who's going to give you unconditional love besides maybe your parents is yourself. And then you start to dive more deeply inwards to search for the things you need from within you as opposed to externally from a female. And uh, it's been quite an interesting journey for me. It sounds like you've been on something similar. Yeah. And what, how you just worded it there in that last sentence, as I think the key part, right, is like that there's no person, what romantic partner or otherwise, that will fill those voids within you that we all have, you know, to varying degrees. Mm -hmm. And post being cheated on stuff, I definitely was at the point where I was like, oh yeah, no woman will be able to handle this stuff at all. Well, now thankfully I like took the time to actually be really ruthless in, in trying to find a, a partner who's more nurturing and more caring and, and can show up for me in that way. Mm -hmm. And because there's very, I think there's one thing I would like to point out is there are varying degrees of like 
how much different people can show up for you. So I don't just don't want to write off women entirely. And I'm not saying that you are, but just mm-hmm. in case there are guys that are thinking that as far as like, oh, they can never be there for you. Like my girlfriend has caught me in some pretty raw moments and handled exceptionally well. Now, I don't disagree with you that if that kept happening, that all of a sudden the biology would kick in and and she wouldn't know what to do with that and perhaps yeah. would view me as more inferior. But still, I'd say that uh, I still wanted a woman that was very nurturing and very caring and, and able to show up for me in that way. And I found one. I found one, man. And, you know, mm-hmm. and so they are out there. But I think what you said is correct, that it's still your responsibility to like handle your own shit and and process through your own shit and mm-hmm. not expect somebody to fill you, all your voids, which is honestly, yeah, you mentioned I've experienced with this. That's how I lived most of my relationship life is <laughs> unconsciously had a little Disney fairy tale that if only I found this nurturing partner, I would, you know, the clouds apart and the sun would shine <laughs> through and my issues would all of a sudden be non-existent when in reality, that's, that's never going to happen. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm very interested at the moment, actually in the, the single life, you know, I've, I've been single for a while now and it's um quite enjoying it. It's, it's the, it gives you a real chance to, to focus on, your goals and your desires and also to to deal with your own stuff. And I'm not saying that being in a relationship doesn't have its benefits because it clearly does. I mean, when you're, when you're really in love with an amazing woman can be a very powerful thing, but I think so many of us put that as our be all and end all in life. You know, that's the thing. That's what the purpose of your life is to find this person. And then you're cool. Everything's cool. And, and as you said, the clouds part and the sun rays come down and, and that I've realized is that is a delusion. Yeah, hundred percent. That that only ultimately leads to pain for one or both parties. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think like my friend Rocco, who I've had on the show many times before, he's one of my mentors. He says that it's it's actually a pathology, and it's it's a it's a large scale pathology that society has at a as a whole. You know, we are we are bombarded by this mass delusion that you meet this person and you know they're the one person for you for the rest of your life and you're never going to find anyone else attractive and they're going to be holding your hand when you die and together you're going to go on all these adventures and etc etc and that is just it's not it's not realistic and it's it's just not even healthy i've started to realize like that's not the way relationships really work there's a great book on this that um, I had a wise old mentor point out that that's how I was approaching my relationships. And that that's part of the reason why I kept getting cheated on was because I was like searching for the wrong, looking for the wrong things in women, hoping for this fairy tale kind of, uh, you know, for a woman to basically save me from my issues. Right. Mm. And he, he recommended this great book called the Eden project, which is a summary of Carl Jung's work on relationships. And Carl okay. Jung is a guy who investigated his, his own psyche for like the better part of like 70 years or mm-hmm. something crazy like that. And he never hit the bottom, you know, like the, the issues and the complexes, they're just, Oh, they're just infinite and in how they show up and stuff. And anyway, how, basically his summary on re- this, this issue in relationships is he calls it the going home project. Like we're, this is exactly what you said in the beginning. We're always trying to reconnect with that nurturing from the broken bonds with our parents, but it doesn't exist and, and it never will again. And so, you know, the summary of that book is the only relationship is the relationship with yourself. That's the only one that's going to give you that sense of connection and sense of everything's okay. I'm okay. 
Uh, I totally agree. And that book sounds fascinating. I literally just wrote it down while, while you were um, descri- describing it's a it. Sh- it's a short read. It's got a boring cover, but man, it gets right to it. And like the first, the first paragraph, I was like, oh sure. man, this is me. And he just, he just hit it home. You know. Well, I guess let's let's explore that a little bit further. What what do you recommend? Or what if during your work with with men and men's groups, what have you found to be effective methods or strategies of of strengthening that relationship with yourself? Oh man, I mean that's such a different question for different people, and I don't mean that as a cop out. I I love to say one thing. Like for me personally, I have this journey that's a bit more on the like sensitive side, where I had to get out the feelings that I had from my upbringing from my dad that used a ton of shame and disapproval and still does. And, and, and a lot of uh, anger and stuff directed at me. And, and so I had to like, I went into the world trying to prove myself. That's why I was a DJ and that's why I tried to build these big businesses. And that's why I wanted to go live the four hour work week. It's because I didn't feel good about myself. And I thought Mm -hmm. if I had a, a badge to put on my, on my shirt, if I had like a trophy partner, or, or a, fan, a cool business that make people go, wow, that's cool. Like I thought that then I would feel good about myself, mm-hmm. you know? And so for me, it was a journey of like unpacking all that and actually having as soft as it sounds, having to cry a lot of that stuff out and, and, and realize that was in my nervous system, whether I liked it or not, mm-hmm. it's just a defect of our nervous system. It traps um, pain if we don't let it out in the moment. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the opportunity to let it out when I was younger. So I had to like shake a lot of that stuff out. Um, so for okay. me, the more I did that, the more I just felt good about myself. It's like that nagging low self-worth voice wasn't there. I'm interested. Uh, you said your father used a lot of shame and, and disapproval. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and you said that he still does. Now, I'm asking this question with absolutely no judgment. It's just for yeah. a place of interest. How old are you at the moment, Sean? 36. 36. So as a 36-year-old man, like... I guess my question is, how do you, how do you still tolerate that kind of treatment from him? Have you not confronted him? And yeah, you know, it's great, like, it's a great question, man. And these are the exact kinds of things we talk about in our men's groups and our, you know, our mm-hmm. self-improvement community. Cause those are the kinds of questions we men have to face that, and we, and there's no healthy male role models out there to model after these kinds of things. Right. So mm-hmm. through talking about these things in men's groups, I've learned that, uh, or I, how I, I'm at a place with it now is that, yeah, he'll always have that tendency and I'll always be susceptible to it. And mm-hmm. so I need to manage that relationship accordingly. It's not, he's softened over the years. I've softened over the years. So we've, we've now come to a point where it's manageable, where like we can have a relationship. I didn't, I don't need to cut him out like I have in the past, but I'm in a place where I have to keep him at arm's length emotionally, mm-hmm. at arm's length from what's happening in my life. But it works. So now instead of, because for a long time, I was hoping he'd still be my best friend, you know, mm-hmm. like, like mm-hmm. he was when we were like five and he was teaching me about the ocean and how, how to play hockey and stuff. Like, I loved that. And I always, I always wanted that. I always wanted that back. You know, I always wanted to be close to him, but it just wasn't going to, you know, it was a few years ago. I realized it was just never going to happen. Similar to your relationship or your realization about how a female partner might have trouble handling your raw emotional experience. It's like, yeah, it was very sad. I had to mourn the loss of that fantasy I had about that my dad and I were going to be friends. Mm-hmm. But now it's a much better relationship because when we get together, we laugh about sports or we laugh about the weather, about real estate. You know, it's like a very arm's length relationship, but it's it's positive. That's and good. so I, th- I think it's just in one men's group, I, I, I heard this great line. It was just, lo- you got to love people and let them in your life based on where they're at. 
you know? And mm. so that that's where he's at. This is where I'm at. And it's like that, that's the relationship that works for me. And so I just have to hold a really hard boundary there. Did you ever have an actual confrontation with him where you outlined exactly oh, what yeah. you were angry with him? Oh, you did, you've had that already. Okay. And that, yeah, the challenge, the cha yes. And we see a lot of guys in a men's group, like suggesting that or proposing that or going ahead and doing that. And the challenge that I've seen with that is that if a person lacks the emotional toolkit <laughs> in the first place to do that kind of stuff, having an emotionally intelligent conversation with them like that is only going to cause more drama. <laughs> so, yeah. so when I approach those conversations, even in pretty tactful ways, it usually just causes more pain because that person gets defensive, they get reactive, sure. they play the blame game. So for me, I just, I, I, after doing the confrontation thing two, three times and having him say, this isn't my problem, this is your problem. I was like, okay, well, I guess I just have to accept him for who he is and love him for who he is. And honestly, I'm at peace with it. Like this is the first time in the last few years since kind of coming to this place that I'm okay with it. I'm not really sad about it anymore because yeah. this is what it is. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I think that's a lot of accuracy in what you've just described. Some people just aren't emotionally prepared to handle difficult conversations. No. Um, my next thought, which is one that I've had regarding my own parents, yeah. is to surreptitiously administer either ayahuasca or high-dose LSD or psilocybin to them. Oh, man. <laughs> I did a trip. I did a trip last weekend. That was one of the things that kept coming up over and over again. I was like, yeah. I got to get my family together and do this. And of course, mm. they never will. But yeah, yeah, that's you know. it's a very frustrating. Like I've had that exact same thought. That, in fact, mine more specifically was there is no one on earth more in need of ayahuasca than my mother and father. But yeah, yeah. no people less likely to take it either, which is, yeah, as I said, incredibly frustrating. But um. Yeah, I appreciate your your honesty and, and vulnerability in sharing that. I think that is the thing that I've noticed in my work with men, including my own inner work, is that the man's relationship to his father is pretty much the key indicator in how he moves or, or the key determinant in how he moves through the world and how he shows up. It's far more important even in that particular arena than the relationship with your mother is. The relationship with the mother I've found is more related to other things as in such as relationships and emotional regulation and, and whatnot. But it, it's also something that's so unaddressed in modern society, right? Like if you say to someone, what's your relationship with your father? Like, like most of the time they'll freak out. They're like, why do you want to know this? Or, oh yeah, totally. Uh, but it's, it's so important. It's so, so important. Anybody who doesn't acknowledge that that stuff is like, it really formed who we are and a lot of our decision-making is, is either ignorant of doesn't understand psychology or they're just like delusional they're in denial you know it's like that stuff all the research shows that's that's what makes us who we are and that's what drives a lot of decisions and how we choose partners and for sure let, let me ask you sean uh in in your work with over the years with large groups of men you've obviously interacted with hundreds if not thousands of men in this particular thousands economy. at this point yeah yeah so in in that work in the context of that work, have you identified any common truths that all men are struggling with? I know that everyone has different issues, but are there, are there certain themes that keep popping up over and over again about, amongst the vast majority of the, the guys you've been working with? Yeah, that's a great question, Nick. Yeah, I mean, okay, so there, there's the common things that guys discuss, but then on a deeper level, there's like the reasons why they come into men's group. So the common things guys discuss, boundary issues, like no more Mr. Nice Guy stuff, overcoming nice guy syndrome, 
mm-hmm. recovering from breakups, divorces, because they can, you know, after a breakup or divorce, especially a painful one, those dramatic, it's, it's easy to get bitter and to, mm-hmm. you know, stumble down the wrong path or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. finding purpose and meaning, saving rocky relationships, learning about their emotions and communicating better. And the biggest one of all, I think, is how to make friends. A lot of guys are really confused around that, how to make guy friends. So those are the things that get discussed the most in our groups and in our, you know, community forum and stuff like that. However, I think the unifying things that I've observed in men through doing this for 10 years now, and this is like investment bankers in Shanghai, pro athletes all the way down to like, you know, garbage men in India or like, you know, construction workers in Arkansas. It's like dudes actually want to talk about real stuff. They're just scared to. Uh, because they've been ridiculed their whole lives for doing so, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm always surprised that if you can engineer the right situation, whether it be sharing an adventure first or whether it be putting the right people in the right room or having a leader like me, like wade them into it slowly in a way that's not cheesy and not confrontational and kind of, kind of just casual, like guys do want to talk about this stuff and they have no opportunity to do it. Sure. Well, they do. It's mensgroup.com. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's a, that's a, or what you do, you know, like talking with people through coach, coaching and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, you, I'm just surprised by how much it's actually beautiful and quite moving that Eve, we have 350 pound biker gang, biker gang bros, guys calling you from jail, you know, dudes that have regret how they've acted and done some horrible things. And they like, they really do want to connect it, but they really do desire to connect with other people about it and, and get better. So people always ask me, well, what happens when guys don't want to go there? And honestly, in the probably hundreds or thousands of circles I've run in, in the years, it's like, it's been very few and far between where guys haven't wanted to go there as long as they're in a safe environment, like, like a safe container to like get into that stuff where they're not going to be judged or called uh, misogyn- misogynist or, or all these other labels that are getting thrown at men when they're just trying to explore concepts or like how they feel about things, you know? I totally agree. Yeah. So um, it sounds like you and I are definitely on the same wavelength and I, I really appreciate you confirming a bunch of stuff for me. Mm-hmm. Sean, what's going on with, with mensgroup.com at the moment? Is there anything special that everyone, the, the listeners should know about or, or what's, what's your current project? Yeah, well, currently I'm transitioning a little bit to like a self-improvement community for men because I know not all guys are looking for a men's group in particular or looking for like, or that might be intimidating to them. So we're, you know, if you go to the website now, you'll see, you know, videos of me and some of the other guys and a bunch of our members. And and it's basically just if you enter your email address, you can get access to our discussion community and you can start to be part of conversations where guys are talking about things like their relationships or communication or how to set Mm -hmm. boundaries or how to date with a backbone or whatever it might, you know, how to live a more full, passionate life, how to find more purpose and meaning health stuff. And, and so from there, you can try out some of our men's groups for free. You can join men's groups, you know, or all those kinds of things, but you know, we got a blog, some great resources showcasing some leading men and, and uh, the things, the issues they're going through. My mission is just to create community for good guys like you and I who want to be better and, but feel like they can't open up to the people around them and, explore some of those things well it sounds like you're succeeding on your mission my man and I, I really appreciate you taking the time to share with us today man well i just love what you're doing and i love how open you are to these conversations and if i can leave if i can leave the guys on a final note it's like that is the true hero's journey for me it's not the external journey of accomplishment and like money or building a big business or 
you know, kicking somebody's ass on the, on the jujitsu mat or whatever. It's like, for me, when I started to see a real success in my life and how I define that is like feeling good, feeling happy and content day to day, Mm. fulfilled, also seeing material success as well is when I started to address the inner stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. when I, when I started to address the emotions and, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and relationships with my parents and things like that, that's when, once I started to cruise through that stuff as uncomfortable as it was, that's what really actually brought a lot of that more of that material stuff. Cause I just, just lighter. I wasn't self-sabotaging, you know? So I just want to encourage guys to explore that however they can. You mentioned psychedelics, coaching, you know, men's groups. It's all good. I think that's the real hero's journey. We all have to go For on. For sure. There's an expression I'm fond of, which is if you don't go within, you go without. And, huh. uh, that's so great, man. Truth. I've never heard that. That's great. I'm going to write that yeah. down. Huh. Yeah, it's a it's a really you don't powerful go within, one. You go without. That, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Sean, my man, thanks again so much for your time. We really appreciate you, Nick. This was such a pleasure. Keep it up, keep up the great work, man. As I'm finding is most often the case with my guests, these conversations never really turn out to be what I expected them to be, which is, I think, a good thing. You know, I really like when when conversations are organic in nature and. The, the conversation itself becomes something greater than the sum of its parts, greater than the wisdom and the knowledge of the two speakers. It, it merges as its own unique entity. And uh, I really appreciated that Sean was so open and vulnerable in sharing the things that he shared, and in particular, the stuff about his father. You know, it's he's clearly someone who's done internal work, and more importantly, he's someone who's able to relate the lessons he's learned doing that work to others. So I think it'd be a really wise move to go check out more of his stuff at mensgroup.com. Until next time, if you guys get a chance to review the show on iTunes, I'd really appreciate that. And if you're one of the hundreds of people who's got a free copy of my book from the website, please leave a review for it on Amazon. It really, really helps. Until next time, guys, keep the faith. Keep the faith.